Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Oh, this episode is sponsored by Polymorph Crafts. Visit polymorphcrafts.com to learn about their high-quality, compact, and affordable tabletop accessories. Oh, my feathers. Ooh. Hello, everyone. Before we begin, I have a quick announcement about Dungeon Drunks at RTX. Our podcast began as a live D&D game at the Rooster Teeth Fan Expo in 2013. We raised money for charity with the help of SideQuest, which is an excellent organization that creates safe and fun events at conventions and helps raise money for awesome charities like Extra Life, Able Gamers, and Operation Supply Drop. After a few years of only playing D&D at RTX, we expanded to be this weekly podcast you know and love. But our commitment to SideQuest and raising money for charity remains the same. So along with our live game during the convention, we are once again offering a package of D&D goodies for the SideQuest charity auction. But SideQuest has a whole community weekend to offer. It takes place August 2nd through the 5th during RTX Austin. SideQuest's Community Weekend is all about having fun with your fellow Rooster Teeth fans while raising money for charity. Along with that charity auction, there's a Bar Olympics, a cool-down lounge to enjoy, and lots of really good people that you get to hang out with. And now Dungeon Drunk listeners can take 15% off of a weekend badge with the special code SQDUNGEON15. That's right, that's 15% off a code for the entire weekend with the code SQDUNGEON, the number one and the number five. Head over to SideQuest.org to use that code and come enjoy a fantastic weekend with us while helping support some amazing charities. And now... Distinguished adventurers last time on Dungeon Drunks. On the journey to the Grove of Ecthiarn, our heroes encounter a strange party in the middle of the road. The fey creatures are welcoming, joyful, and offer food and drink. Carlton immediately gets drunk, eats a bunch of sandwiches, and must be pulled away before the party turns sour, and the guests want to use him as bait for some sort of hunt. After many more miles of travel, they are met by a group of pixies and sprites who know who they are and are excited to see them. The group is quickly ushered into the forest village of home, where the pixies reveal the problem they believe our heroes are there to solve. A beholder sleeping in the middle of the town. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your dungeon master, Lauren, also known as Obocrazy. And tonight, I have an entry into the cider war. So, tiny story. I went to Total Wine to try to find moody ale because lee from beamdog at the event that i went to a couple weeks ago was all about if you are a fan of hefeweizens you have to get moody ale apparently that is incredibly difficult to get outside of canada i found this out by going to the largest liquor store in town when i could not find the ale that i was looking for i went immediately to the cider section and picked up a couple ciders and so for this week's entry into the cider war i have cocktail hard cider, which has a lovely picture of a rooster on it, which I thought was very appropriate for what we're going to be talking about in a moment. Their cider is called Devil in Cider. So devil apostrophe N cider. <clears throat> and what I'm currently drinking is the Raspberry Habanero handcrafted artisan cider. There we go. Yeah. That's the, amazing. Yep. 
I love it. I love it so much. Everybody else is super upset. Steven's happy. He doesn't know, but he just got a little happier. <laughs> He's like, oh, my day just got a little better. He's a person. Ah, something's right in the world. Puns. Something, (laughs) puns and everything. And it is lovely. It is raspberry. It's got a little bit of a kick to it. It's a giant bottle. And so I'm probably going to be sloshed by the end of this episode, but that's okay. Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, this is Jonathan. I play Jonathan the Mad Muscular. And tonight I have a, uh, well, it's just a Cooper Libre. It is cola. It is rum. It is a little bit of lime juice. It's delicious. I've already had a couple. And, <laughs> and tonight's shot of fireball to be consumed out of this lovely measured shot glass that's used for baking and such, because <laughs> uh, it's the only one that was clean, uh, is dedicated to, to Jason, a.k.a. Zero Opti, and SideQuest. Yay! Yay! Yes, RT, the sort of side convention to the RTX uh, main event, SideQuest is a magical magical time where people get together, they get fancy, or they go on bar crawls, or they play bar games at the at the Buffalo Billiards and get uh, and have lots and lots of fun and see lots and lots of people. It is the premium fan hangout at uh, at uh, RTX, and it benefits charity, which is even better. Yep, we were born out of basically side quests. The in two thousand thirteen. I went back into the archives, was that RTX, I ran a D&D game back when 4th edition was still the edition to play to raise money for the charity drive that happens, well, throughout the whole weekend, but their main thing is they do a silent auction on the Thursday charity gala, where a whole bunch of us dress up all fancy and eat little tiny finger foods and drink and look (laughs) at really, really expensive things. I love it. Yeah. Last year, we were the second highest grossing charity bundle that was there, which included a whole bunch of uh, D&D stuff. It included VIP seats to our live game. We lost out, lost, quote unquote, to a uncut foil sheet of magic cards. And you know oh, what? Yeah. shit. Yeah, we would. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with that. We're coming for you. Did you guys see in Vegas, they were doing, sorry, you can cut this. They were doing a draft <laughs> with like, I want to say it was an alpha or a beta. It was a beta draft. Or beta draft. They were doing a beta draft and they gave them gloves to touch the cards with. Wow. And if you won the beta draft, you got alpha cards. Yeah, these cards they they go for a lot of money. So, and on the one hand, I don't mind that that's the the most that was the the highest grossing charity thing that was there. I also found it funny because that meant that the top two items at that charity gala were both provided by Wizards of the Coast because they do both D and D and magic. We coming for you, wizards. With We're your coming own for you, wizards. With wizards, <laughs> <laughs> one and two. One. I don't know if there's going to be an uncut foil sheet of magic cards again. I know that it was one last year by friend of the show, Raging Terror, oh. and he talked about how he was thinking about either redonating it this year or maybe sending it to a desert bus because that's a that's a much larger charity audience. But anyway, definitely, if you are going to RTX, think about signing up for side quest. It is. A massive amount of fun, especially if you're going and you're you're worried about having people to hang out with because it is a big event with a lot of different people from all over the community. And if if you want to go and have a slightly structured event that still has a lot of people just hanging out and chatting, it's really well run. It is a ton of fun. All the proceeds go to benefit just the event itself or going to amazing charities like... 
yeah, Child's Extra Life, Play, I think. Uh, Able Gamers. Uh, Make a Wish. Make a Wish and Extra Life. Yeah, Extra, yeah. definitely. And the big one for us will be that Thursday fancy gala and where you can bid on a bunch of different stuff. We I've literally, as of this day's recording, picked up the prize package that Wizards of the Coast so graciously gave to me. I basically stood there as Greg Tito just kept handing me things. It was amazing. <laughs> that it, man is a yeah. pretty fucking good looking yeah. package. I got it. And if you go there, you get to see how well a barbarian cleans up. I know. Yeah. I know you clean up pretty well. I've seen you there a couple times. Yeah, yeah, we we have a lot of fun. So if you come, if you buy tickets to, uh, it's sidequest.org. They are a legitimate 501c. So all of your money will be tax... Tax deductible. I thought tax 501c3s. Deductible. They are an amazing group. We highly recommend going and hanging out with us in fancy clothes and eating fancy food and then bidding on fancy stuff. I digress, but I digress for a good reason. Travancore, what are you drinking? Good people of Faerun. Travancore's choice this evening, it's actually going to be a live testing. So mm. what you have here is Marval Red. It is not a, really a box wine, because technically it comes in a bag, but it's sort of that same idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I, my oh, expectations God. are middling, to say the least, so I don't know how this is going to taste. This is part of the, the larger booze package that we picked up for my kid's first birthday. So let's see how it goes. I love that you have all this leftover booze from your child's birthday. I love that you said it doesn't come in a box, it comes in a bag. As if box wine is just in a cardboard box and doesn't come inside the box in a bag. I love you so much. How does it taste? <laughs> it's kind of like, it makes my lips pucker a little bit. Ooh. It's got a lot of body to it. Not so much in the way of sweets. There's a tingling in my mouth now. I'm not sure I should be worried about it, but I guess we'll find out as the evening progresses. <laughs> it's not really bad. I don't know enough about wine. I mean, I know what I like and I don't like. I think this is fascinating. I'm I'm intellectually curious about this drink, and I'm looking forward to continuing the journey for science. I will check in with you halfway through the game to make sure that you are still alive. Are these stickers? Are we what? giving away stickers? Are these more? Oh, yeah, they're sticker sheets. They're yeah. sticker sheets. Do we get stickers? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've got Good. stickers for you guys, too. Sweet. Stick them on all the things. Yeah. So I have... No traffic court, that... Junior. These are daddy's stickers. These are daddy's stickers. I love how Jules is looking at this stuff, and the stickers, like, the stickers are cool. Don't get me wrong. They're covering my computer. I'm super happy. The, the really cool stuff that's included is he gave me one of the new D&D water bottles, which, I as far as I know, are, like, you can't get those. I think they're just given away. Um, one of these guys? Have... Ooh. Yeah, one of the dice holders. But yeah, the stickers are so much fun. The stickers are Which cool. you can also use as a mini. <laughs> yes, you can do both. You can have a tiny, you tiny guys. little it's, uh, I'm sorry, it's a I've large been size a space. Exam, and I haven't yeah. gotten a chance to do or see much. And I'm like looking at this picture you took, and I'm just like, this is amazing. There's gonna be more. There's gonna there's gonna be more because I have some other friends who might be contributing stuff. Let's just say we have some sponsors who would like to to join in on the charity fund. So, hmm. but I'm not going to announce anything until I have it in my hands. So, Bernie, while you're so excited about all of the stuff that's going to be auctioned off at the the charity event at SideQuest at RTX, what are you drinking? Oh, first of all, I'd like to say, if you're like sitting here going, God, this all sounds a little too much for me. I've actually never bought anything. I've donated something. I've created something for the charity auction. I've never bought anything at the charity auction. And I just honestly love going so much. I love getting dressed up, number one. It is, you can literally wear whatever you want, but if you miss, like, having an excuse to get fancy, it is, like, the best thing. And 
Number two, it's just so cool because some people donate stuff like this, but some people make things. Yeah. There are so many really good artists. If there are artists in this community that you like, they will probably have made something and donated. People make clothing. People make art. I, it's like, it's so fun to look and just like, I don't have the money. I work in a museum. We don't get paid shit. Like, I love, like, I love seeing, like, it's exciting just to see what people have bid. Like, it is exciting to go around and track your favorites and, like, see how much it's going for. And, like, honestly, if you're, like, worried that you need to buy something to go, you don't. You just need to go. And and take fun pictures with people and just have a really good time. I barely ever bet more than 100. Like, I'll take 100 bucks in case I see something. I never really win. But it's such an amazing time. It's yeah. so yep. good. It's I, so... I have art in my house that I bought, purchased at SideQuest. 75% of the package is with me. The other half is with Manda and Jonesy. Or the other 25%, I should say. Oh, sorry I cut you off there, Jules. But I forgot that I forgot to mention my SideQuest deal. Austin's hot in the summertime. So I thought, what kind of formal clothes works well in warm weather? And I thought to myself, Indian clothes. Yep. And so I went and just uh, my, my long, like, lenga, my, it's like a red outfit that I had. I wore it to R- RVBTO years and years ago. I think this is the same year my, our buddy Izzy, a friend of the show, wore a sari that she bought in Singapore. And the person who offered, like, remote, live, like, Google Hangout, like, tech support was my wife on how to put the sari on. <laughs> remote sari support. And yes. she wore a sari <laughs> to your wedding and she looked amazing. And you guys looked fantastic. Yeah, I love it when you wear it. Like, it's just so practical and it looks so good. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it was amazing. I might be wearing Royal Proconomy's gear this year. Yes. Oh, I love it. Oh, that would be so amazing. I'd be, I'd be so stoked. All right, Bernie, what are you oh, doing? So, <laughs> you guys, I love game. how you're like, yeah, you guys are like, man, this is a wrong podcast. This is our time to chat, too. From Collective Arts Brewing, I have the Mash Up the Jam Dry Hop Sour. I've never had it before, but I love sour beer so much. It's so summery to me. Uh, and it's got, again, like, really amazing art. It's like... Wow. It's like a... Like, it looks like a jackrabbit with this really cool mask. Again, it looks like it looks like something you would see in D&D, which is always kind of great. They always look they always look like things like you've got the uh, tabaxi and you've got the aracocra. And now it's like we need like a race of of rabbit people to like they would be very good rogues, I think. A race, a race of hares, perhaps all a red wall. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it can happen. So and then the artist is Matt Miller. He's from bristol in the uk and you guys can also go online and see all the ser- the whole series at collectiveartsbrewing.com slash series nine because i know if people like art they want to see it and now we're going to taste it yay tasting oh it got a little shook up when i was like looking for oh, things oh dear mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and while she puckers and enjoys it is so sour it's so good. i'm busy giving puppy <laughs> scratch butts yeah, so I have my final, uh, since Jules is now done with French, I have my final French soda, uh, and it is a mint lemonade, and I opened it, I haven't drunk it yet, and it is overwhelmingly, yes, I know, it smells a lot like mint, a lot like mint, like, literally just mint leaves is what it smells like. Oh, jeez. So. Hopefully good. Oh, that's minty. Oh. Good minty? No. No. Too much mint. Too much mint. Too, yeah. It's like mint, if like you go too far, it's like, mm, uh, it's like you're eating toothpaste. Mint and lavender. It's like I'm like two. literally chewing on the leaves. Ooh. Ah. Overpowered by mint. Mint out. Every time you go to the bathroom, you're going to be minty fresh. 
I'm gonna move on with the game. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yep. I like side quests. There's my bit. <laughs> that was that was as PG as I could make that. Okay. Well, you know where there isn't any mint in the Feywild. No. You guys are or tea. <laughs> there's no tea. There's no mint. There's not a lot of things that you love, and there's a lot of things that want to kill you. Which means there's no Moroccan mint tea. It means there's no Moroccan mint tea. This is correct. There's also no mint leaves. There is a sleeping beholder in the middle of a Fey town, though. Oh, jeez. Uh, as soon as uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular sees that, he quietly starts pantomiming panic. Like, ah, ah. Are we telepathically <laughs> bonded with uh, Seekin right now? Uh, no, that faded a while ago. Okay. You guys do not have your... Uh, I whisper to Seekin, your grandfather's not a beholder, right? Uh, no, I feel like no, this no, might no. be something that you would leave out. No, Seekin is is quietly going, no, 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 and shaking his head. The pixies that are surrounding you that have pulled you into this clearing, one of them rather loudly, despite the fact that there is a sleeping beholder right there, says, oh, don't worry, we put it to sleep. It, it's you're, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, it's not fine. It's deadly and dangerous. And we but, don't like okay, it. Oh, okay. But it's going to so, be okay. On, all right. All right. All right. So, ah, sorry. That was a reflex. Um, you it's a good put reflex. it to sleep. Yep. How How did you do that? Lots and lots of pixie dust and a lot of dead pixies. Oh, buddy. I'm mm. sorry. Was there any faith and trust involved? That's I'm 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 sorry, I'm a bad person. I'm gonna take myself out of this game. Wow. <laughs> you got that reference. So <laughs> um can can't can't we banish it? I mean, what if it's from here? Yeah. The, so 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 we we know a few things and like you're here to help us get rid of it. That was that was all the 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 portents said that you were going to come and help, and all of the 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 visions and the prophecies they all said that you were going to come. But you have to take care of the hags that brought it here because if you just try to kill it, then we don't know what's going to happen, and we don't know if like if if it'll if 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 it'll wake up, and then a lot of pixies are going to die again. So one thing at a time. But we're so glad you're here. It took you a while. We were waiting all week. Well, stuff uh, can I insight this pixie? Yeah. Oh, that's sure. That's a great call. Insight this pixie. Uh, I got a eighteen. With an eighteen, she seems super excited that you guys are here, and she seems really happy. Like you are the thing they've been waiting for, and now that you're here, everything's solved. Okay, so. Uh, give us a run. Give us a timeline. Give Jonathan the Magimuscular a timeline of what's going on and how the hags relate to the Beholder. And once we get rid of, the, get, get run it, run it through, run it through it, okay. real quick. Driving cord, you have. I saw a hand raise. Oh no, just uh, same question. Okay, the pixie that's been talking to you leads you away from the sleeping Beholder, mostly because she notices that you guys keep looking at it in with concerned glances yeah! and brings you on over um, a few feet away to where there is a second smaller fire with some places for non-pixies to sit. There's And there's like one or two huts, very simple huts set up that are human-ish sizes on the ground. And she leads you over there and, and she says, my name is Malvine. I'm the leader of these pixies. And about uh, 10 days ago, the beholder appeared and there was a lot of fighting and there was a lot of death and there was a bit more fighting and that we were finally able to put it to sleep. 
we're not we're not really the kind of pixies who can kill things, especially something that 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 terrible. So it took the combined might of all of us to put it to sleep. We've been able to keep it asleep, and that's great. And so we used some scrying spells, and we used a, a little bit of magic to try to figure out where it came from, and we can see its dreams. And it it sometimes it dreams some really nice things about wanting to take over the world and kill people. And sometimes it dreams about it appearing in a room surrounded by a couple hags that we know that have been trying to kill us for a very long time. And then sometimes it dreams about other things and, and it manifests things and then we have to kill those other things. So the sooner we get rid of this beholder or at least get rid of the hags that brought the beholder and then we can get rid of the beholder and then and then we'll all be safe. And then and then occasionally it, it dreamed about the the four of you, which is how we knew we were coming. I like to insight her. I believe her, but I trust but verify. Sure. 22. Yeah, she seems to believe 100% everything she's saying and more than that, the chorus of other tiny little winged humanoids that are continuing to f- flirt and dance around in the air are all nodding along like she's telling a story they're all familiar with are all giving you starstruck doe eyes they they 100% believe everything that she has said just a, a, a question what'd you say your name was again Malvine. Malvin 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 yeah that's a nice name I'm Bernie thank you Yes, Bernie and Travancore and Carlton and Jonathan and Shadow and Bucks and Coco Snoot. And then she gets a little panicked. I there was another there was the the little puppy. Where is the puppy? I uh, and she starts to really panic. I oh, do, see, do, what, did, and he like kind of like looks at the big puppy on and like just pokes his head out of the basket. As soon as she sees Blue, she her panic fades. Oh, yes, and Blue! And Travancore, you suspect that for a moment, she, however she had gained this knowledge, she was starting to doubt it because there was a piece missing. And that Blue has now confirmed that, no, she knew what she was talking about. If you don't mind my asking, is these dreams about us that this beholder had... Do you know what was happening in the dreams at all? The ones about you specifically? Yes. Were we alive or dead? You were fighting it. Oh, that's good. So alive. Were we winning? Uh, we don't know the ending of it. Okay, so you said that these ha- there are these hags that hate you that brought the beholder. Where are they? They are further into the woods. There's a coven of them, and we've been having a problem with them for a while. We keep trying to tell the 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 the, the courts about it because they're really not supposed to be in this area, this close to the city. But they're a bunch of hags, and what what are you gonna do? It's it's hard. Aren't there different kinds? Oh yeah, there's many different kinds. Kind of these. Yeah. The kind that want to summon beholders and kill us. What color is their face? Yeah. Gray. Gray. Are they... I'm going to roll a history before I start getting too deep into what it is. Yeah, I'm trying to think what Bernie would actually know about hags. Or would you would you want nature for types of hags, how I would know? Give me a nature check. I know that they come in different colors. <laughs> what would you roll? A six. You know there's different types of hags. Good job. 
and that they suck. Can I try to do a nature or a history? Or? Uh, I'll let you do a nature check on, on hags, see what you know. I would also like to nature those hags. Yeah, I was like, wait, I'm going down a path where John the player knows, but Carlton doesn't, so I'm going to roll this. Mm, the dice are not kind tonight. That was a two. Bernie knows nothing about hags. No, they are not. Oh, dear. Bernie with a two, you agree with Carlton. The, the hags suck. Uh, Travancore with that natural one. Although <laughs> you did get a five. But yeah. with the natural one, that's, you pretty much know the exact same thing. Hags, they yeah. suck. But you don't say anything because you get distracted. Why? <laughs> so I guess in an effort to be more PC now that Travancore is woke, he's a bit concerned that these hags or witches or whatever might be unfairly ostracized and might be political dissidents and not, in fact, evil. But then there's a beholder there. So how could that be? It's a little easy to be distracted by the beholder. Yeah, I'm on blame the beholder. Malvine says, yes, hags, they've... Eh. So if you can get rid of them, and then and then we can get rid of this thing, and and then and then we'll be safe again. Okay, but I require one thing. Okay. Sandwiches. Okay. Yeah. We have sandwiches. We have all food. the sandwiches we've, I want. We we've got gifts. We've got all sorts of things. We've been preparing for your arrival for the whole week. Well, let's oh. let's have a quick b- meal Wait, out. In and that then... preparation, I was told that you had a wooden sword for me. Oh, you're supposed to take the sword. Okay, yeah. We we've got some other stuff too. I mean, it's a it's a sword, but yeah. And then she looks over at you, Jonathan, and says, "Did did you want sandwiches too?" Yeah, let's get them to go. Let's uh, unless I think we go and kill these hags now. Let's just yeah. get it out of the way. We'll get yeah. them to go away for sure. No, I I think Jonathan. What they, does my sword do? To what? They handed me a they handed me the sword, right? They no no. Oh. <laughs> What you no, want to what has happened is not uh, the same thing sometimes. I think we should kill the hags because fucking beholders are evil. And if you even think about using a beholder as a weapon against someone you don't like, you ain't right. So I, I think that earned them a death sentence from the Heralds of Greenest. But I, I, that's that's Jonathan the Muscular's opinion. Uh, Morality-wise, yeah... And, and the thing is, we need to we need to take care of this quick. It's like you yeah. were saying, Bernie. We need to minimize our time here. So if we can go out now and kill these things, do it do it quick. Deal with this beholder. That's a that's one more one less like day night whatever that we have to spend in this place. The memory of Travancore's twelfth birthday is gone. What? Wait, what? Oh, I thought, like, as you stay in the Feywild over time, like, you start to lose memories of your old Well, I haven't been there that long. We'll, we will resolve that later. It's okay. I don't know if it was a very memorable birthday. I think Travancore's mom got him, like, a medicine Maybe kit. Maybe you just forgot it, it because... Uh, Travancore, we will be told what happened to us. <laughs> oh, yeah. boy. Travancore, uh, you, you mentioned something about being worried about losing your mind, and the pixie, uh, Melvin, looks at you and says... Is, is that something that happens to elves? Well, certain elves who make certain deals or certain beings from the Nine Hells. Oh, then we can't help you. We don't yeah. do anything with the Nine Hells. <laughs> Wait, is... So is memory loss a thing? Here? Not that we know of. I remember hearing something Okay. That. Okay, maybe I'm maybe I'm mistaken. You're, maybe you're I'm not, mixing, but... I'm like mixing a, no, fictions. you're... Jack the player is not, but Lauren is the one who's going to decide later oh. what happens. I see. So stay tuned next week for the status of Travancore's 12th birthday. Yeah. As far as Malveen knows, memory loss isn't a thing. What are you talking about? Well, not for them. How many certainly. times have, have Mal, has Malveen been out of this plane? 
that would be the question. Anyway. Would you like to ask her? No. Because uh, this is not something that Jonathan the Magimuscular would consider. Uh, yeah. Because he's not. He, he fancies himself a planer guy, but he's really only been on two, three planes now. Well, isn't our house on a demi-plane? Does that really count? That's the second one. Uh, well, I think it's more of a half a plane. It's still a plane. It has plane in the words. It's still a plane. Yeah. It's a dimension where things are fucked up. Anyway, okay. Losing time. I say we go kill some hags. After, after, yeah, let's get some sandwiches to go and let's kill some hags. Travel course, hey, where do I find this sword? Okay, well, do you want sandwiches? We'll go get the sandwiches. Uh, is, is it only sandwiches that you want? We we had a, a whole thing amassed, and she kind of guides you on over to one of these huts. Everything that you saw that we were supposed to have, including sandwiches. No, no, no. Well, we, we will save that for a post-hag celebration. How about that? Yeah. Well, they're saying they have stuff that might was for the hags. Is there things that will help us with the hags? Well, hopefully, but it seems like your friend wants the sword now, and if you're going to promise to help with the hags and with the beholder, then we might as well give it to you now. And yeah. she starts yeah, to... Yeah, okay, if you've got any other weapons... Yeah, if the, yeah. If the sword will help. She flies on over to one of these two little grass huts that have been built. It's a really simple little hut. It's just got a piece of cloth in front of the door. It almost kind of looks like they built these two huts not really knowing what human-sized accommodations might be. So when you go walking on in, the the entire, the, the floor is just the grass of the ground. It's completely covered, so it's a little dark. She pulls aside the curtain, and you see that there's just like a, a pile of stuff, a huge pile in this hut, which is probably about 15 feet in diameter. Wow. One of the things that you can see lying on top is a sword, uh, uh, specifically a long sword. And placed on the top, you see this long sword. It has a hilt that's made of silver that has been carved to look like it's got leaves and vines across it. And then the actual blade looks like a giant, jagged, uneven piece of bark. And I, I look at the sword. That, that, that's for me? Well, this is for all of you. I mean, it. and she points at Jonathan. She says, unless you want the sword. I mean, not everything in the dream is can be true. I mean, it's a prophetic dream, and it has been so far. And really, everything that we've seen so far has been incredibly accurate, which is why we were really, really concerned about the fact that you guys were taking so long to get here. But when you finally hear them, we were really happy to see you. But, you know, we really yes, are yes. totally uh, okay with everything else being like everything in here. If you, as long as you promise to take care of these hags, then everything in here is yours. <laughs> Okay, I, 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 I am fine with with the big guy over there getting the sword. Do you have anything? Is there anything in there in like the space of a wand, like a twig or like an orb or maybe a big twig, a staff, anything that might have might help a spellcaster uh, with some saves or attacks or anything? This spellcaster has been feeling a little a little light on the loot, so he's looking to cash in. Yeah, the spellcaster who was the first person to ever get a magic item. Jonathan, go <laughs> That was his first and only one. <laughs> Travancore is very happy that Jonathan did not end up with a sword. <laughs> Especially considering what happened oh, last hey, time. Oh, hey, JMM, here's the sword. Can, can you make sure it doesn't screw up my mind? The, the pixie says, so as long as you promise to take care of these hags, anything in here is yours. And you hold out your hand? And I hold out my pinky. You, you put your, your pinky around it. Oh my god. <laughs> here, give me the sword, I'll identify it. 
Let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. Okay. I throw that sword and I'll be like, this is a sign in my culture that says, uh, I promise to do what I say or else you get to take my pinky. Well, we don't want your pinky. We'll just take your whole life. And then she takes her hand and grabs your pinky. And you shake. Okay. <laughs> Jonathan, are you um, casting Identify? Are you spending 10 minutes or are you doing it immediately? 10 minutes because I, I didn't have it prepped otherwise. Okay. Anyone else, or Jonathan, if you'd like to wait for a moment or two, as you ask about other objects that might be available, or anyone else, if you would like to dig through what looks like a, a random pile of useful to useless crap, I would love an investigation check. Yeah, let's let's dig, and oh, then I can identify on the way out. I did a perception check, and it was a nine, so I guess investigation would be probably the same level of... Travancore is looking for, like, magic arrows, um... To the tune of a 20. Dirty. Also a 9, guys. I hope you don't need healing today. <laughs> All right. Bernie goes digging through. You find that a lot of the stuff seems to be pale imitations or ideas or really crazy versions of items that you might already have on you as though what these pixies were trying to do was make sure that anything that you could possibly have had in their vision of this fight is stuff that you would have so amongst various pieces of cloth and baskets and what looks like bits and pieces of of some like this sword an awesome piece of, of weaponry and and other like half broken pieces of armor bernie go ahead and roll me a percentile so a, a d100 travancore what'd you get uh soft 20 oh nice yeah you go ahead and also roll me a percentile mine is a 62 77 for, for me okay Bernie, you pull out a, a sack and you're like huh i wonder what's in this and you open it up and you find 32 carved ivory mice <laughs> they're incredibly small they're they're like smaller wow. than what regular mice would be intricately carved out of of what you think is ivory um did marvine yes hi do you have rhinoceroses here uh sometimes but not right here in the tent. We can try to go get one. No, you no, 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 we don't. We, don't we can wanna... definitely go get one. We can no, find right no, 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 we no, Marvine, breathe in. Nah, Ow. breathing. <laughs> Where did you, did you carve these mice? Well, no, not me. Frishul did. And she points back out towards where dozens of these pixies are. And she points to a, a gentleman pixie flying about who kind of gives a little sheepish wave. Hi, Frischel. Is this ivory ethically sourced? Uh, sure. <laughs> Lots of confidence in you, my friend. Oh, my God. And Bernie's just going to put the bag in her pack and see if she can 30... 30 mice, you said? 30? 32, I, a bag of 32 mice. Travancore, you, whether it's because you were, maybe you were thinking about one of your bard friends, or maybe you just were en entranced by the look of it, you pull out a, a wooden flute, a full-size wooden flute, and it's got some interesting what look like magical 
runes written down the side of it that you can't quite read. But it's gorgeously carved. We know a wow. bird that would like this. Or a dragon. Jonathan, how about you? Did you want to go searching for stuff? Yeah, I got a 14. You got a 14? Uh, roll me a percentile dice. 10. All right. You are hot on the heels for, like, a wand or a tome or some scrolls or something. And at first, you're kind of pushing past all the clothing because clothing, you know, whatever. Uh, but then you start to pull out a robe and you're kind of struck by how gorgeous this thing is. It is this full length robe that seems to have this pattern of rainbow colors on it that you could swear even in the the, the faded light of this room they shift and change every every once in a while that they don't quite stay still okay uh and carlton is currently holding on to this sword and carlton despite the fact that it is it is long sword sized the wood that's on this sword is jagged like like someone just grabbed a piece of a tree and yanked it off. And it's this uneven saw blade side that's shiny black. And despite its size being a full-size longsword, it is very light. It, it feels like wood. Jonathan, would you like to cast identify on any of the objects that you guys have? Found? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and we're going to, as we're walking out of town, we're going to identify this stuff. Okay, as you guys walk out with, with these objects that you have found, the pixies have landed trays of food at the the logs that have been set up around this fire. And unlike the the party that you had been through, these are f what look like full-size trays of, for you, full-size food. Um, actual, uh, a couple of sandwiches. They all seem to be vegetarian sandwiches, so like cucumber sandwiches and leafy greens and things like that there's cool water being brought in a variety of what look like they've scrambled to either make cups or one or two of you are handed whole coconuts that look like they've been drilled open mm. and there's a variety of cheeses and grapes and just all sorts of things being brought and um malvin says we we have food for you and you're welcome to stay or go um take care of the hags right away what whatever you you require now that you are here and you've promised to help us we we are guided by you in this okay I, uh, I think, uh, snacks and hag. We want to thank Polymorph Crafts for sponsoring this episode. Polymorph Crafts offer stylish and affordable ways to carry everything you need to a game day and stay organized at the table. Mimic chests, hero vaults, and tankers offer a variety of ways to bring a dice tower, rolling tray, dice and pen vaults, card stands, coasters, and carrying space to all your games. So check out polymorphcrafts.com and follow them on Twitter and Instagram at polymorphcrafts. That's polymorphcrafts.com. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official free-to-play Dungeons & Dragons-based clicker game that you can download right now on Steam. The most recent update includes content from the new adventure Dragon Heist, and will be the first time fans can get a glimpse of all of the fun stuff in the book since Wizards of the Coast made the announcement. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for this podcast, and it's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have. Speaking of chests... Thanks to the fine folks who made Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. 
Now, this code expires on July 15th, 2018 at 9 p.m. Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem once this episode is posted. Open up your game, go to the shop, and type in this code. M-A-R-Y-E-U-R-O-M-O-O-R-R-U-F-F. So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. Yeah, snack to go snacks. Jonathan, what did my sword say? I don't know. Are we? Uh, I, did you identify it or no? If you would like to uh, take ten minutes here while you guys are eating and cast identify as a ritual, you can do that. Uh, identify my robe. I'm the gatekeeper of the identifies, Mister. Uh, All right. So yeah, identify the robe. Okay, Carlton keeps shoving the sword into your face, and you are just... Oh, yeah, the, the, that's the reason why. I mean, I'll just attune to it, and if I go crazy, I mean... You are just entranced by the colors of this thing, and you have that robe. Is there anything oh. else you would like to identify? Uh, Yeah, but like I said, I want to... The, the overall deal is to go kill hags, so yes. I guess I can do the sword next. Yeah, given that he might be useful against the hags... Also, you hear Seekin from the fire. He's kind of taking a seat somewhere and he's got two different sandwiches and he's taking a bite out of one and a bite of another and a bite out of one and a bite out of another. Oh, and then Seekin, as you guys. Why don't you stay here? Well, and Seekin looks at you and says, That'd be a good idea because I've got a whole bunch of other questions about like the hags and these beholders and stuff. And so I could ask all these questions while you go off and kill things. And Seekin, can you help make sure that. It stays asleep, and anything that comes, you help protect the pixies? I can try, but that's not really... I I, I mean, I can try. And he looks... No offensive he, spells. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got no offensive spells. He, yeah. He knows you know that he has no offensive spells. And we know that he knows that we know. Yeah, he's not lied to you about his capabilities, which are basically he's got some uh, abilities to grow plants and he can turn into a swan and maybe a couple of animals and he can cast speak with animals. But yeah, he's he's munching on these sandwiches. He's like, yeah, so uh, but with, uh, uh, is there anything else you want to know while you're off killing hags? And, and I could I could ask a whole bunch of stuff. I'm good at I'm good at listening. Well, maybe you ask you ask more about the directions that we have. Maybe any other insight they can have it on any of the other steps once we leave here. Yeah, I'm gonna actually just hastily write down the instructions for how to get to uh, the Grove of Ecthiarn on the, I don't know parchment or paper or whatever I have, so that Seekin has it so to reference. Because we're not giving him the original, <laughs> he can't be trusted. I mean, I'm Seekin's bestie in this out uh, of everyone in this party, and even I'm not going to give him the instructions. <laughs> that, that wisdom though <laughs> there's yeah. a difference between being friends with somebody and understanding their limitations okay so you hand over a, a hastily copied directions he's like oh okay Jonathan do you want to talk at all about the uh, the robe that you just got before you take a moment and identify this sword or 10 minutes unless you would like to walk like I'm not I kind of let you identify something on the fly last week but I do wonder if you need to actually be stationary I guess, for this. So we'll do this. We'll take a we'll take a lunch break, right? Well, Jonathan the Mad Muscular mode. Jonathan the Mad Muscular is going to identify shit. But by the time uh, Jonathan the Mad Muscular is like I'll identify this stuff, but after after I'm done, we need to go. Yeah. Cool. Right. So like 
An hour. Actually, Got it. Is it lunch or is it dinner? Because I remember like the sun was anyway, supposed to set and it kind of didn't. Identify the sword. <laughs> okay. If it's the second meal of the day, it's lunch. I guess we haven't eaten up to this point. That's fair. Or, depending on if you're French or French-Canadian, it might be the word for breakfast, but it might also be the word for lunch. So as you do that, Malvin actually speaks up about that sword, and she says, Oh, yes, so the reason that we we were really excited about you being able to use the sword, because we've had it here for a while, and not, not any of us can actually use it, even though it's a really nice magic sword, but it's one of those that comes off of the ironwood trees around here, and really, there's only powerful, powerful lightning that can make stuff come off of the trees, because the trees, you can't really, you can't really get rid of anything in the trees. So we actually have been holding on to this, and then when we saw that you were wielding it in the Beholder's Dream, that we were really... Really excited! Oh, that's so cool! All right. Wow. Well, uh, Carlton, I, I it's not. One. Yeah, no, it's it won't make you evil. So here you go. Uh, yep. Go nuts. It won't Rest make up. you evil. So he- I mean, okay, the sword itself isn't a direct path to evil. What you do with <laughs> it, because you're a sentient being with who makes choices and has a will of their own, you could go evil with it, but it's not going to. It doesn't force me to. Exactly. Yeah. Also, this robe is pretty sweet, although. Does that plus one apply when he's wearing mage armor? No, because armor, mage armor is armor. Okay. So yeah, so for our listeners at home who would like to know what, what Jonathan the Magic Muscular has just identified, what Jonathan has is called a robe of rainbow colors. It is this fantastic magic robe seems to shimmer in an ever-changing pattern of vibrant colors. When you wear it, if you aren't wearing armor, any other armor, this robe offers plus one to your AC. Once a day, as an action, you can cause the garment to display a shifting pattern of dazzling hues until the end of your next turn, and it does awesome things to protect you. Uh, the Ironwood Longsword... The ironwood trees in the Feywild are resistant to almost all types of damage, surviving for thousands of years without the shiny black bark taking a scratch. When a fierce wild magic storm sent a powerful bolt of lightning down onto one of these ancient trees, it shattered into jagged pieces imbued with the storm's energy. This jagged, rough, shining black piece of hardwood was bonded to a silver hilt carved with leaves and vines and remains just as unbreakable. It's a magic longsword, it does an extra 1d8 of lightning damage on a hit, and it basically is unbreakable unless you actually cast a wish spell you look over you see carlton just pushing the halberd down into the bag of holding and then i go uh cobalt shield and i pull out one of the shields that i got from the cobalts i thought you gave those all back yeah so did i i said i was keeping one okay because you said they were like tower shields from them but like me being as big as i am it would be like a normal size shield yeah, but I thought that you guys had given them back because they were collecting them as they were collecting bits and pieces off the dead. That's why I thought I remembered you leave you not leaving any. Oh, I had it marked down in my inventory okay. that I took. You one. got it. That's fine. Um, just so you know, uh, because it's a long sword, it's uh, it's a one handed and it's versatile. But if so, if you want to use it two handed, you'll have to drop the drop shield. the shield. Yep. As well, it's not heavy, right? No, it's just a long sword. It's not a great sword. It's just, it's weird looking and jagged looking because it, most swords have fine edges and points to them. This looks more like a saw because yeah. it just, it looks like someone just ripped a piece of wood off of a tree. It's very, if it wasn't for its lightness and your ability to wield, it would be unwieldable. Anything else you'd like to do, Jonathan? Do you want to identify anything else? Yeah, do, the, do you the have... two items they pulled. The two okay. items that Bernie and uh, Travancore pulled. Excellent. You spend uh, 11 minutes on the bag of 32 mice. They're not magical. Okay. Um, but are they ethically sourced? 
<laughs> you were you were told by Fashul. Yes. You grab Bernie's gonna f- choose not to incite that one, actually. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's just gonna accept it. She's gonna say, okay. <laughs> you spend another eleven minutes on the flute that Travancore pulled out, and it is magical. So this is a a flute of scribing. This instru- this musical instrument has three charges. When you're playing it, you can use an action to expend one charge from the instrument and write a magical message on a non-magical object or a surface that you can see within 30 feet of you. This message can be up to six words long, and it's written in a language you know. If you're a bard, you get some other stuff. So yes, it, it does seem to be magical and does cool things as well. Hmm. While I'm spending an hour attuning my final slot to this thing, because I'll take an hour later to unattune to the halberd, but... Hey, uh, Bernie. Yeah? Do you want to paint this shield for me so it looks cool? Since we're going to be hanging out for an hour eating lunch? Yes! Because <laughs> I got I to gotta practice with the sword to get a feel for it, and that's going to take me some time. I can do that. Bernie's going to go over and see if there's any paints in the pile. I thought you had, like, markers and paints and inks. I have inks. Inks are for writing with, Carlton. Inks are not for painting with. That's <laughs> a cursory look of the pile doesn't reveal any paint however when you mention that you're going to go uh looking for some paint for goes oh and darts away and comes back momentarily and he's holding a wooden box that's a, almost as big as he is and places it down and it is a, a for you even for you because it's a pixie a tiny box of 12 different paints. And then he pulls out a paintbrush to hand to you, which would be in your hands a toothpick. Okay. Um, do you have anything bigger? Uh, I could, I could, I could try to make something. It would take a little while. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll, uh, save the shield painting for when we get back. How about that? Okay. Okay. I'll I'll have a bigger brush for you by the time you get back. That sounds great. And Fashul uh, flies away with his uh, little box, humming happily to himself. I didn't think to look in the pile for anything for Shadow. I don't know if it's too late or if that, that ship has sailed. I'll say since you guys are going to spend an hour attuning to stuff, and since Jonathan spent a little bit of time uh, identifying, that yeah, if you'd like to... If you'd like to tell Shadow to roll an investigation check in the pile and see if there's anything that he would like, he's more than welcome to. Four. Okay, I need him to roll a d100. Doki? 56. Our pixie friend, it was Malteser? Was her name? Uh, uh no. Malvine. Malvine. Maldine. Marvine? Malvine. Malvine. Travancore. So Shadow goes into this, he goes into this uh, hut. And he digs around in there for a while, and then he <laughs> and he comes walking back out with this looks like a leather vest in his hand in his is his maw, and he trots in over to you and he spits it at your feet, and he kind of <laughs> and walks away. Not your style, friend. You take a look at it and you can see it's it's this thick leather vest. It looks ragged. And when you go to touch it, it feels clammy. You could swear that you would like to roll a history check. Oh. Let's take a look. Yeah. It's in a book. A reading rainbow. While he's thinking about the history of it, I ask uh, Maldine, does this, does, this, does this sword, does it have a name? No, 
Not that we know of. It came from the Ironwood trees, though. I'm gonna call it Storm's Fury. Travancore, what did you roll? 15. Yeah, you recognize a couple of the symbols that are pressed into the leather of this vest. There are many of the same symbols that you saw in the summoning circle that Evelyn used in order to summon the devil. Oh, no. Wait, what? Wait, what? also think that this leather vest might be made out of not a cow. Oh. People? Uh, not okay, a cow? Okay, hold on, hold on. Bernie, you need to make unmake that amulet, right? Well, yeah, yeah, I've still got it. Right. Let's, as grisly as this is, let's hold on to this just in case that helps uh, us figure out, like, if we can figure out how to unmake this or figure out what was used in ma- making this, then maybe that helps us with the amulet. Yeah. Could I do a religion check on it? Sure. It's a fleshy Rosetta Stone. That's a 13. That's the highest I've rolled, like, all night. You definitely think Travancore is on the right track when he's looking at these symbols, that they might be very similar to some of the demonic symbols used in the summoning of Evelyn. Not not exactly the same, and certainly on this vest they would be used for uh, some different purpose, although what that is you don't know, and you don't know if you want to know, but yeah, same dark purpose. Um, Malveen, do you have, like... A grocery bag. This one, I think we're going to put this in a bag within a bag. Kind of like when you scoop poop. Why would you scoop poop? Do you guys collect poop? We can get you some poop. Quick, somebody. No, 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 we no, don't. No, 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 we're good. No, we're good. No, no, we don't collect poop. But if you have a dog and your dog poops somewhere and it's not a place your dog's supposed to poop, sometimes you have to pick that poop up and you have to put it in a trash can because otherwise you get kicked out of the restaurant. Or we just throw it in the bag of holding and realize we don't have to ever touch it again unless we specifically request for it. Yeah. I could just take more of a King of Prussia and sort of try and pick up, pick the, 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 the vest up that way and drop it in the bag of holding. I see what he's doing and I hold it open like a basketball hoop. Yeah, Jonathan the Mad Muscular just grabs it and puts it in. Poor Mortimer. With your hand? Oh, yeah. All right. I'd like you to go ahead and roll a constitution. No, it's fine. Don't <laughs> <laughs> look on his face. He's like, oh. <laughs> I know, I couldn't help it. Travancore grabs his sword and starts to poke at it. Carlton holds open the bag of holding like a basketball hoop. Jonathan huffs, grabs it, throws it in. Everything's fine. Three-pointer. Would you like Denied. to try to lob it in, or are you just going to place it in? Just put it in. All right. He just puts it in. Let's go. An hour passes, right? Uh, Yeah. Jonathan the Magic Muscular, can he take the sleeves off this robe? <laughs> Jonathan? <laughs> Roll a persuasion check. Because Jonathan the Match Muscular has a style. That is a natural 20. And that so that makes the persuasion check a 23. Jonathan, it didn't have sleeves to begin with. It's as if it was made for you. Whoa. Is that a Joey Lawrence? Bingo. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact, he's a local. He's from Abington, which is just outside Whoa. the city of Philadelphia. So we're going to take a little bit more time so that Jonathan can attune to this thing. And uh, uh, he won't get the, the, he'll get the plus armor if he's unprepared. But the other thing might be nice. So give it a shot. And plus, it's if it's sleeveless, I mean, come on, that's on brand. Obviously. Yeah. It, it literally, and it's this gorgeous garment. It seems to be made out of the finest materials. And yeah, as you all look at it, it's, it's like a shifting 
it's like a shifting rainbow, but muted a little bit. So it's oh. not it's not Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. It's ah. it's the nice version of like the rainbow you get in an oil slick without the oil slick. It's kind ah. of that. It very slowly like shifts and it's it's very nice. So do I get do I find in the tag that, you know, that it's from uh, Gilmore's Glorious Goods and uh <laughs> Oh. No, because um, that is a different plane of existence. Wild Mount Branch. <laughs> Slightly different plane of existence. Wait, so doesn't Carlton have a coat that's sort of similar to that? Or is that a different kind of cloak or coat that he stole from Bernie? That is a coat. That cloak I gave could look like this. Oh, you did? Oh, it- Yeah, I was like, hey, Bernie, you can have this. This is you obviously did. meant for you. I didn't realize it. I just wanted a cool coat. But this is this has Bernie written all over it. Literally, inside the tag, it said Bernie. It did. Yeah, Aww. she's got the cloak of many fashions that can fashions. turn into a bunch so of stuff. this is one of many colors, I see. Bernie I just... guess you guys could still be a tag team. Yeah, Bernie's just being an is tag team. more for role-playing purposes. Jonathan's has a a tactical side to it, although it is fabulous. Because I feel like if I'm going to give you magic items, they might as well be fabulous. Bernie does a little, um, to activate the cloak of many fashions, she does a little John Mulaney shimmy. Um, <laughs> and she Describe what you. that looks like. <laughs> great description for our radio listeners. For our audio listeners, this is a great radio. As Julia goes, it's like it's like it's it's not like a sexy shimmy. It's if you listen to John, I, this is a, a reference that you'll only get if you watch a John Mulaney. But it is it is a real estate agent that desperately wants you to have children. Shimmy, <laughs> <laughs> and she looks at you and she kind of squinches up her Wait, shoulders I, and like, am I dad shimmy? Yes. I've yes. never seen your father shimmy, I don't think. The upachas shimmy. Yeah. You have I, already have, I have is... child. Children will be plural, so oh, this is an ongoing true. conversation. Uh, <laughs> we'll wait till Travis Court Jr.'s old enough to ask. When is you have your your child's a year old, your dad's like, Alright, it's time to make the next yeah. one. Jack, listen, we have to have babies, you and I, uh not not with each other, but with our prospective uh uh spouses, so we can overthrow the white hegemony. That's true. You are you are actively by winning evolution. You are actually. I as long as I get to be the crazy aunt in this in this uh, plan, I'm more than happy to support this. You all get to be crazy aunts, even the dudes. (laughs) Crazy. I like the idea of crazy crazy aunt Carlton a lot. (laughs) Crazy auntie DM. Why is crazy auntie DM giving me more dice for my birthday? Well, you know. Well, I'm Indian, so it'd always be named then auntie. So we got Jules auntie and Lauren auntie and Jonathan auntie and John auntie. Dungeon mistress auntie. (laughs) Dungeon mistress auntie. Anyway, back to the dungeon. Oh, yeah. It's a little, she kind of like squidges up her shoulders and she shimmies a little bit and she like winks at you and then suddenly she's wearing a matching. I don't think that's how my cloak works. I don't care. It is now. (laughs) Sure. I think it's an action so I'll say your shimmying was in action. All right. Anything else you'd like to do? I think that's quite a bit. Let's, yeah. let's uh, proceed in a haggardly direction. Great. Let's went. Let's hag it out. You guys get up and brush yourselves off. And Seekin says, bye. Have fun. Do you know where you're going? No, we don't. Uh, Malvine, where are these hags? Yes. Oh, you want to go in that direction? She points to the north. She says, follow the road. Go about, oh, Three, four, five flights north, and then go into the woods to the west and follow your nose for about an hour or two. You can't miss them. They smell. They smell a lot. Oh. What's a flight? Well, we fly. No, I understand. Uh, okay. 
Um, and Bernie turns around and just like sticks out her backside, and she's like, "We don't." Okay, but you've you've got legs, and they seem to go very fast. We we it'd probably they, be about the same amount of time. Which is for a flight, uh, about three or four flights. So about three or four walks. Oh, all right. Okay, we'll figure this out. We'll go that way, and then we'll use You'll our nose. It out? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Um, bye. We do have animals. They do smell. We things. do have animals. Yeah, uh, that's true. We do have one that does flights, and yeah. And as Bucks kind of like peers around Jonathan's uh, Jonathan's head, kind of feeling out the the shoulder of the robe, like, oh, this, oh, this is quite nice. Yes. And I say, Bucks, uh, fly ahead. See if you can see anywhere where like a coven might be. Uh, stay in front of us, and then if you see trouble, then just fly back. Okay, you guys confidently walk back to where the road is waving to everybody. As you do, I'd love you to roll perception checks. Perception is a skill of mine. Animals too, or just the humanoids? Whoever you would like. Huzzah! It is not a good skill of mine. Actually, let me just ask this. Uh, Did anybody get over a 15? Bucks got a natural 20, and that's a 23. Drink. Excellent. And Bernie, you said you got over a 15? Bernie got a 23. Great. Jonathan, you uh, instruct Bucks to go flying off ahead as you guys head back towards the road. The rest of you gather up your stuff and some of your your new fun toys and start to follow him. And as Bucks starts to fly away and as the the group of you move off, Bernie, you could swear you hear Seekin sitting at the fire going... So, uh, tell me a little bit more about this beholder and these hags. And Bucks hears as he continues with his natural 20, just before he gets out of his incredible owl earshot, he hears Malveen say, well, we think there's three of them. And then he doesn't hear anything else as you walk away. And you head towards the, the road. Seekin! Don't, uh, don't let him take you anywhere. I'm gonna roll a perception check for Seekin. I'm oh trying god, to decide. that can't be good. What? He kind yeah. of. Yeah. What? You got it. Okay, bye. I was gonna say we had one job, and that was our job, right there. Well, we so left with strangers. We have, this job is wrought with side jobs in order to do the main job. Would so you call this them side one of them. We can't leave a beholder here. No. 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 And honestly, this could be... Remember that nice lady that gave us the beholders? Yeah, this is probably the thing that's making her dream. Yeah, I think she's dreaming because it's dreaming. Yeah, yeah. Or she was the hag. No, Um, she would have smelled bad. Yeah. And our DM would have told us she smelled bad because those kind of body odors are noticeable without a perception check. Plus, plus it probably (laughs) would have attacked us. I mean, it probably would have attacked us. It wouldn't. Yeah. If it was, if she was a hag and she was the ones responsible for sending the beholder, she wouldn't be freaked out by beholder dreams. Yeah, yeah. she wouldn't. I think. I think. We'll see. I don't know. You'll find out. Yep. You guys head towards the road. You start to go north. About two or three hours of travel pass without any issue. And an interesting thing happens. You guys had arrived here what you think might be late afternoon. The sun is like hanging low in the sky, but hadn't started to set yet. 
And as you guys continue north, Jonathan, you've got a, an excellent sense of time, even in this plane of existence. And so you're pretty sure you've been traveling for about two hours and 45 minutes. Sun hasn't moved. Yeah, that's weird. That's another weird thing with this weird place. Bernie? <laughs> yeah? Look at that weird sun. Yeah. That's weird, son. It doesn't move, and I don't, I don't understand anything about this place, Jonathan. I don't want to be here. I know. It's, we get used to a set of rules and how our world works, and this place doesn't follow some of them. Yeah. So, enough that it's very uncomfortable. I feel you. Yeah, I just, I'm fully aware what's real and what's not real about most religions and most superstitions, you know? But everything I was ever taught growing up about, about this place, I don't trust anything here, even the things that supposedly like us. Nor should you. I don't think it's their fault, but those pixies, they're the good dreams were about taking over the world. I don't think it's their fault. I think it's just their nature. I don't, I don't think our more, this is like holding a magnet to your moral compass. They're, it's like, I, I think the, have you ever watched a lion kill something? Oh yeah. That's nature. It's violent and it's, it's not wrong because it's fine. I think those pixies, if they violently, if they loved us, they could violently love us to pieces. This, this place is chaos. Like, like way more chaos than what we're used to. Um, I kind of like it here. Cha well, so, I mean, cha chaos is separate from good. Yeah. I mean, it people can be, cannot believe in order and have, and have, and not, and, and live by not living by a code and still be just fine. But yeah, it's. The fact that the, the like you said yourself that things can break bad here so quick, and that's the nature of this fucking place. It's like those pixies today they're our friends, and we're gonna help them get rid of a beholder. But tomorrow, but tomorrow they could decide, hey, we're gonna play a prank on you. Oops, someone exploded. Yeah, I think their idea of a prank might be, I took your eyeball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we know that this is a different plane of existence, which means the. Uh... The rules we know back home don't apply. Let's start with this. That thing that's bright, that's floating up in the sky, that won't sink. We don't, we know, we don't know what it is, but it's sure ain't the sun. I'm going to call it Dan. Yeah, <laughs> I knew a Dan once. The Dan won't go down. So, you have to get used to the idea that, like, whatever you knew go back down, home. Go down, damn it! <laughs> Dan won't Go down, damn it! Go down, damn it! it. <laughs> go down, damn it! So, yeah, Dan plays by his own rules. Uh, I'd like Bucks to roll a perception check since he's flying ahead. All right. Uh, let's do... Ah, uh, best is a 14. Okay. He thinks he might see off in the distance to the west. You guys have been traveling through this forest. He sees an area of the forest off to the west that's maybe about an hour, hour and a half of, of walking through the forest and where the trees are withered and cracked and dying. And he can't see really anything else but it's conspicuous from his height where he is he can see this area of decay and death in the middle of this vibrant alive a little terrifying but still very much living forest 
as he communicates that to you, Jonathan, you all hear... <laughs> and from the side, from the west, towards where that area of the death is, you see two creatures hovering, streaking out of the forest, one seemingly chasing the other. And because you stopped to buy a few of these at a shop a day or two ago, uh, you do recognize one of the large green beholders with four eye stalks and a giant tongue zooming through the forest, heading directly at you, being chased only a few feet behind it by this pale round eye with multiple pale stalks the one the green one seems to be salivating <laughs> and as it streaks directly at the four of you we'll stop there because if there's one thing i like more than ending one episode on a beholder it's ending the second episode on two, two beholders, beholders. Two double beholders. your beholders double your money folks exactly all right let me give you some experience for Dan's son, for <laughs> for the natural twenty. I know you only had a little bit to do with this, Jonathan, but I thought it was rather perfect when I asked you to roll a persuasion check to make the roll sleeveless, and you rolled a natural twenty. It's basically the moment that the dice decided to help you in your goal to be sleeveless. Um, I I liked Bernie wanting to and and Carlton wanting to paint his shield, and I felt really bad that all they had was was pixie paints, but. Uh, I really like that idea, and I'm excited to see what you're going to paint on his shield. Because then I can paint it on the mini. <laughs> I like the rifling through all of the, the random stuff and what might happen with 32 ivory mice. And so for a whole bunch of fun role-playing, I will give you guys a total of 3,600 experience to split between the four of you. And next time we get together, more Beholders in the Feywild! Yay! Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Year patrons. Thank you Megan, Lori, a.k.a. Calamity Jane, That Indian Dude, Michael Lapointe, a.k.a. Vazarus, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.